Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today. Hey, we're Anna Jennifer Smith with Marriage After God. Helping you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. And today we're going to share our perspectives of going into this again. Welcome to the Marriage After God podcast, where we believe that marriage was meant for more than just happily ever after. I'm Jennifer, also known as Unveiled Wife. And I'm Aaron, also known as Husband Revolution. We have been married for over a decade. And so far, we have four young children. We have been doing marriage ministry online for over seven years through blogging and social media. With the desire to inspire couples to keep God at the center of their marriage, encouraging them to walk in faith every day. We believe that Christian marriage should be an extraordinary one, full of life, love, and power that can only be found by chasing after God. Together. Thank you for joining us in this journey as we chase boldly after God's will for our life together. This is Marriage After God. Hey, thanks for joining us on a new episode of the Marriage After God podcast. Man, it's already September. We're in the last quarter. Uh, it's crazy how fast this year's going by, but uh, as my wife would say, we have plenty of time left in the year. <laughs> um, but before we get into what this episode is about, I want to invite you to take part in our 31-day marriage prayer challenge. It's completely free, and we made this challenge to encourage you and your marriage to be praying for your spouse every single day. We pray that over the next 31 days, you build not only a habit, but a ministry of praying for your spouse. And all you got to do is go to marriageprayerchallenge.com. That's marriageprayerchallenge.com and sign up for free. It's completely free. Just choose your prayer challenge, either for the husband or for the wife. Um, and hopefully you do it together as a, as a couple and start praying every day for your spouse. What we're going to do is we're going to send you an email every day with a prompt and a reminder to not only pray for your spouse, but what things you could be praying for, for them. And so it's pretty awesome. It's completely free. Uh, so go to marriageprayerchallenge.com today and sign up and join the challenge. Okay. So uh, for today's episode, we just thought the title would be funny. Here we go again. You know, like what? Here what go again? Yeah. We thought we would leave people guessing, you know, is this a good thing or? <laughs> yeah. Well, cause it almost sounds like an argument or like, we're, you know, we're going, oh, we're going around that block again with all those issues or whatever. <laughs> I'm actually curious what did come to people's mind. Yeah, if you want to if you want to um, send us a message on Instagram at marriageaftergod.com and let us know what you think the episode was about before you listen to it, that'd be really awesome <laughs> and interesting to find out Fun. what people thought. Okay, so the truth is, and I'm just gonna jump right in right now. Wait, what? I just wanted to give a little bit of effect. <laughs> okay, go. we have some really exciting news for you guys. <laughs> well, we think it's exciting. <laughs> I am holding in my hand. A very cute black and white picture 
have a little jelly bean growing inside of me. We're pregnant. <laughs> Again. <laughs> again, here we go again. That's what that's about. It sounds kind of negative now that I think about no, it. But we're pregnant again. Number five. We are doing this again. Yeah. This is the fifth go around for us, which is kind of crazy, but kind of awesome. And so we wanted to do a little announcement episode announced to you all because we love you all. And we know that you guys follow our family and you, you love knowing about our children and what's going on. And so we thought, let's tell them all in a podcast episode, but not just tell you that we're pregnant. We thought it'd be awesome to answer some of your questions. Yeah. And so we're going to do that. Yeah. We're going to talk about some of the realities of what's been going on in our hearts and minds and family time, uh, over the, the last few weeks. And, um, just share kind of like what the Lord's been doing in our hearts about our, our family growing. I know that we've done some episodes in the past on parenting. I remember specifically when I was pregnant last time, we did fears of a growing family. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, that's available for you. Um, but today's not going to be focused on fears. Today's just going to be on the realities of a growing family and what, what's been going on with us. Um, yeah, we, we've done other episodes in the past also just on um, family Bible time and uh, family adventures and lots of different kinds of family, family things. oriented things. Yeah. Um, okay, so but before we jump in, I just want to um, I just want to let you guys know that we have some listeners that, you know, can't get pregnant and are trying or have mm-hmm. um just have different circumstances when it comes to getting pregnant or um, maybe we have couples who are um you know, praying about adoption or fostering. And so we just wanted to let you guys know that our hearts are with you. And even though our circumstances may be different, we hope that this uh, that this podcast episode about sharing our experience mm-hmm. would still encourage you and still direct your hearts to the Lord. Yeah. And, and for those that are currently trying to have children or have been trying to have children, we know quite a few people that have been through that um, and how hard it could be. Um, our encouragement is to continue leaning on the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, to rely on his strength, to believe that he is got good plans mm-hmm. for you and your family and uh, to not grow weary um, and to put your hope and faith in, in God. So we're with you. Yeah. Okay. So I think that we should probably start uh, when I told you that I was pregnant. Yeah. You probably should start maybe three weeks before that though. <laughs> okay. So I guess the reason why I even took a test. Um, okay, so we went on this double date night with a, f- a couple, um, another couple friends of ours. Yeah, a couple really of good. friends of ours. I, I know. Are a couple yeah. and married. <laughs> <laughs> and we got to the restaurant and we even got as far as ordering our food. And then I don't know what happened. But you started going downhill real quick. <laughs> really fast. I had my head on my arm resting on the table and you I think you I was trying to entertain our friends thinking that you were sleeping or something <laughs> you were like what's up with Jen I was like don't mind her she's fine <laughs> and I remember looking up at you and I'm like Aaron I think you should stay and hang out but I feel like I'm dying and I need to go home right now I was really surprised because it's never happened before and you, what, you have to like leave because you're that Ill, yeah you know? I don't know what was going on but I felt like violently ill and I thought I was just sick and that I was going to vomit everywhere and so I had to get out of that restaurant as quickly as possible and I remember my friend my girlfriend she leaned over the table with so much excitement and she was like Jen are you pregnant <laughs> and I was like no no yeah, I'm not pregnant we had no idea right at the moment no. and so that was the first kind of thing but I still didn't think about it right away but over the course of the next couple of weeks you and I were just kind of off 
Like, like I was emotional and we weren't. We kept having these, like we were fighting about these nothing. What are they called? Nothing fights? I don't like, know. Like it wasn't even a fight. It was just arguing back and forth and not, not connected, not understanding each other. And I'm like, what are you talking? Like, why are you mad about this or what's happening? Or you thinking that I, it was just. A little bit crazy. Yeah, a little bit crazy. <laughs> I feel like when I look back at it, it was just a, a thing of misunderstanding. Like I would misunderstand you, you would misunderstand me, and then we'd be in a funk. And then you, but you were, what we were realizing is you were to- totally emotionally, hormonally mm-hmm. because of the pregnancy, yeah. which we didn't know you were pregnant. Yeah. Um, My body was just going through a loop. But anytime in the past that we've had these kind of like um, seasons where it feels kind mm-hmm. of chaotic and yeah. emotional and um, usually it's something like you're pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what made you think to go get yep. a test. So I did. And I didn't tell you that I was going to do that, but I did. And um, I well, w- I'll say, I said, you, you, I didn't know you had a test because mm-hmm. you had me go get one and we do it periodically just to, cause it's our, our way of checking, but I didn't know you were going to take one. I also was just assuming it was going to be negative. Mm. I was like, okay, yeah, this is what we do. We've all, we've done it for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I, it was out of my out of mind, out of sight type thing. So you just weren't thinking about it. I wasn't even thinking about it. Nope. Okay, so I was coming down the hall. I knew you were in the kitchen, and I was excited, and I wanted to tell you right away. And as I was coming down the hall, you we were, like were already walking towards me, but you were like in a hurry. So what was going on? Well, I, I walked by, and I was just like, <laughs> my stomach was all jacked up. I maybe ate something or I don't know. I was like, man, I was like, my stomach hurts so bad. Oh, I, my, we did some sort of like workout like two days in a row. And my, that's what it was. My abs were killing me. They were like my whole chest and body. And so I was walking by complaining. <laughs> I was like, oh, my stomach hurts so bad. And I think I just assumed you were headed towards the bathroom because you're yeah. so in a hurry. And so I used the opportunity to quickly say, well, it probably doesn't hurt like mine does. <laughs> and I like stopped and I'm, and I was like, what? Like what? what? <laughs> it didn't make any sense to me until you said we're expecting again. And then I, with a perfect and excited and joyful <laughs> attitude responded with, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> I wish you guys could see his face right now. Cause it's really like, I was really, really taken aback. His eyebrows were yeah. all twisted up. Cause again, <laughs> I, I was totally expecting that at whatever point you did take the test, it was just going to be a, no, we're not pregnant yet. Cause that's happened yeah. you know, in the past. And so when you said you, we were, um, it was probably the, the least um, exuberant <laughs> response <laughs> I've given from past, you know, in the past I, yeah. I cried and yeah. we're going to be a, You're so excited. Uh, and then this one's like, are you serious? I had to like quickly <laughs> adjust. Cause I didn't know how you were going to take it. I was like, I, I mean, <laughs> I mean like I was just surprised, but like that, that's cool. <laughs> cool five rad (laughs) i think because that number felt big to me that i wasn't shocked by your response at all i just thought it was funny (laughs) (laughs) because you probably felt (laughs) so we got over that little whatever that was in the hallway really quick and the reality started setting until it's set in now we're (laughs) actually going to have five children yeah wow it's still when i say it i'm like that's crazy yeah. So we're doing March. How many weeks along are you? What does that make About you? 12 and some days. So you're almost out of your... <laughs> I'm almost out of my first trimester. Yeah. Crazy, but yeah. awesome. So yeah, definitely nervous, but I am excited because of course, this is what the Lord's doing in our life. We mm-hmm. love children. Um, that doesn't negate the fact of... <laughs> 
any of the the nervousness I have or questions or um, I know you said we're not going to talk about fears, but there are fears sure. and there's unsure things and yeah. um, you know how's it going to work. But that's why we want to answer some of these questions that our listeners might be having because some people are being like, "What what's it like to have five kids?" <laughs> I don't know. We don't know yet. <laughs> we kind of know what it's like to have four. <laughs> we're uh, just getting used to that one. Huh? Yeah, we, we're just getting used to that one, <laughs> barely. True, it just turned one. Yeah. So why don't we just get into some questions? And then uh, at the end of this, we have a really cool um, bit of scripture I'm going to read. I'm going to read some too. Oh, Jennifer's going to read some too. <laughs> Maybe I'll read mine before you read yours. Okay. So why don't you, <laughs> I don't know where you want to go from here, but let's do it. Okay. Do you have any fears about having another baby? Oh. So we're just going to go right into Well, because you brought up it. fears, so I'm like, I'll just right. shoot with that question. We'll get it out of the way. <laughs> yes. Like, I already don't sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, yeah. What is it? Like, every morning our, all of our kids are in our bed. Not <laughs> every like, morning. Come on. I have a little on. sliver <laughs> of, like, w- do they make bigger than a king size bed? <laughs> I know we have a cow, we have a cow king, but that's just a little longer. But like, do they have like a a double king? Okay, this, I know this. Wait, is, there is a company that makes these huge beds. I know, but I saw a picture on Facebook the other day of this couple that extended their bed, so it was basically like two queens butted up against each other, but they built the frame around it so that their eight dogs could sleep with them. <laughs> it was it was really cute. We have children, <laughs> not dogs. Okay, but just so everyone <laughs> but they knows, they do sleep on the bed with us sometimes. It's not every night though. It's <laughs> they sneak in when they have a bad dream, or they just want to be close to us, or they woke up at six thirty and they <laughs> wanted to get in bed with us. Six thirty, people <clears> are <throat> saying that's not early. That's actually probably decent. Yeah, it no, it, it doesn't bother. I'm just saying, I already get very little sleep, and just okay. I'm I'm used to it. We don't, we're not going to sleep until the kids are out of the house. I get it. Okay, other fears. Um, you know. I don't want to have these fears, but I do just knowing the way the world is Mm. and, you know, and people, I mean, people think this, like, how can I bring children into this world? Well, God's good and God has me and he has this whole world. Mm -hmm. Um, But that doesn't mean that I don't have fears. Mm -hmm. I think I'd be weird if I didn't think about the things that are going on in the world. Um, But I do. Um, But I, I feel like if you think about the world that our parents grew up in, and they probably thought very similarly, like, wow, look at the world we're growing up in. I mean, they saw, you know, different kinds of wars and they saw lots of crazy things and how strong we are in, from, in that world. I just think that how incredibly strong our children are going to be, especially if we teach them to know the Lord Mm -hmm. in this world Mm -hmm. that we live in. So even though it it might be unsure to us, because we're like seeing it unfold, they know nothing else. Mm-hmm. And so, um, even though I have like some anxiousness about this world that they're going to grow up in, I feel like God is, is mighty. And, they, and these kids are going to be powerful change makers and, you know, salt and light in this world. Mm-hmm. Um, cause this is the world they know. Yeah, I don't know. Those are just some thoughts I have. Cool. Um, well, uh, when I think about fears of having another baby, I think, 
Uh, something new we're going to be trying to do on our episodes is talking about uh, other podcasts, other resources that we love, that we want to support so that you can get connected, so that you can find out about these resources as well. This week, we want to talk about CourageousParenting.com. Uh, these are some really good friends of ours, Isaac and Angie Tolpin. We actually go to church with them. They're part of our home church. And uh, they have a parenting mentor program that you can take. And it's at com- CourageousParenting.com. And all you got to do is hit the Enroll Now button in the top right. And uh, they have live conversations they do. They do. It's a six-week program. They do six videos, six parenting packets, three live webcasts. There's a private community. Uh, and their whole point and their whole heart of behind this is to walk parents through biblical Christian parenting. So we wanted to encourage you to check that out. It's CourageousParenting.com. Click the Enroll Now button. Things like actually giving birth to the baby. Um, I was thinking the easy part. <laughs> Everyone so? listening right now that's a mom is like, <laughs> no, what? he knows, he knows he's joking. <laughs> I've been um, to every single one, ladies. I know exactly how hard they are <laughs> from the husband's perspective. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. Um, and so just a little background there. I have, um, I, I've actually really enjoyed, you know, the pregnancy process and, and giving birth and just, just it's a highlight. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. A miracle of life and I'm grateful to be a part of it. Um, and I have been fortunate to have, um, you know, I go into it, uh, with the desire to g- give birth naturally and, and praise God, you've done it naturally, done it naturally four times. four times. And so I think that when I think about labor and delivery, I still desire that to have the baby naturally and nothing go wrong. Um, and so just, again, those fears of the unknown of surrendering it to God mm-hmm. and saying, no matter what happens, you know, I'm yours and this child is yours. Yeah. And but yet I still have these fears of the unknown of what if, you know, what if this happens or that happens? So I'm sure some people are wondering, um, have you had any home births or all in the hospital? <laughs> They've all been in the hospital. And but we have thought about. We have thought about doing home a home birth. Um, but Almost pulled the trigger this last time, <laughs> but it was like, no, nah, let's just do the hospital. Yeah. There's some awesome benefits to that. Totally. <laughs> to I always hospital. tell people the food at our hospital is great. And the ice chips. <laughs> Yeah. So here's the next question. Are we going to find out the gender? And the reason I ask that is because twice now we haven't found out the gender and twice now we have. Yeah. I don't know if everyone listening knows this, but um, I really like to find out ahead of time. Aaron I do not. likes to be surprised. And so this is how we compromise. <laughs> so, Every other one. <laughs> so the first one we got to find out, it was Elliot. Then Olive was our sweet surprise. Which was really cool, actually, because she was a girl. So it was like, oh, ah, yeah, that was really so cool. crazy. Um, and then we found out with Wyatt and true, it was a surprise. So mm-hmm. now we're going to find out. And there's something really cool about it being a surprise, though. It's a huge motivation during the labor process. That's true. For both of us. For both of us. Yeah, <laughs> no, really for me. I can't uh, wait to meet that baby when I'm. Uh, but the benefits of finding out early is we get to know who they are sooner. Yeah. Um, and names have always been a difficult part of it. We're not going to talk about names today, but... <laughs> Um, knowing early gives us more time to yeah, think of names. That's true. Uh, speaking of gender, what are you hoping for, Aaron? Mm, a girl. <laughs> so is Olive. <laughs> uh, Good. I was just going to say, Olive really wants a sister. She's been praying for a sister since before Wyatt was born. <laughs> yeah. And she was really excited that God's been, God answered her prayer that I would even be pregnant because she's mm-hmm. been praying for a long time. Pretty much since she found out true it was a boy, she's been praying that I would get pregnant again. And she's pretty confident it's a girl. (laughs) Well, actually, 
So, so well, a few days ago, she came um, in our room in the morning oh, and she said, she was so excited. She goes, I had the best dream. It, your baby was a girl. <laughs> we tell, so whenever our kids like say they had bad dreams, I'm like, hey, why don't you think about good things? Have a dream about the baby. Have a dream about <laughs> like heaven. <laughs> or try and give them other things to think about <laughs> yeah. other than whatever they were thinking about. Uh, so gender, we're going to find out this time. Mm-hmm. Um, but just as a side note, we always tell our kids, um, because they do always hope for a, a certain one, and, mm-hmm. and we get caught up in this too. And so as a family, we just always remind each other, but whatever God gives us, like he's the one that gives us a boy or a girl, and that we're going to be so excited no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we are, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. boy, girl, but a girl just, I don't know. I want another girl. Sounds special. I kind of want another girl for my daughter. She wants right. a little sister so bad. Yeah. Um, I want to divulge something that is probably going to tell everyone listening how uh, crazy we are. <laughs> no, I'm sitting over here worried. I know. Well, yes, we're hoping for a girl, but what were we actually hoping for before you went to your first appointment? Oh, okay. <laughs> so before, every time I'm pregnant and I go to before my first ultrasound. Every I, single time. I've always prayed for twins. And Why is that? I know I'm not the only one out there that does this. Maybe. No. Maybe not on the fifth pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, I was still hoping for twins. We, but literally, not, we were literally one. hoping for twins. I think we have such a, well, I have such a strong desire for it because I was a twin. I am a twin. You weren't was a twin. You are a twin. I am a twin. Um, and I loved growing up having a twin. Uh, I have a brother. And I felt like we were best friends like growing up and that was just really fun. We lived down the street from each other and it's just having that close closeness in a relationship is super special. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is about it. You also have like several other sets of twins in your family. Yeah. My so, mom's side had like four sets. But no one, no one's had twins yet. <laughs> I know. Everyone says it skips a generation. So watch yeah, all so these So your generation kids. doesn't have any kids Yeah, yet. All of our kids. All kids. of our kids are going to have like <laughs> Sets of twins, yeah. one after another. <laughs> oh, and mom, I had another set of twins. <laughs> She's going to like bypass. <laughs> She'd be like, I have seven kids already. Three pregnancies. Um, yeah. So no, we're only having one though, but that's okay. I'm stoked about it. So here's the next question. Are we ready for this? You sound so negative. Uh, well, I, I mean, it's a serious question. Are we ready? Well, I think... That it's a silly question because I think that we will be ready once the baby comes. Like right now, it's mm-hmm. just like a growth season for us of preparing our hearts for the baby once it's outside of my womb. Because inside, it, I feel like it's a little bit easier because I don't, it's just, I don't know. Physically, you're 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 sick and all, but the baby is like contained. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not crawling all over the place. Right. But it does take up room in our bed. So. Okay, Aaron, <laughs> this bed problem. Um, but seriously, when I think about that question, are we ready for this? I just think like, well, we will be ready for this because we'll, as we're experiencing it, it'll force us to go to the Lord and say, help. Or <laughs> and to he our will community. Help. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say also, um, th- there's no way to be ready for something that doesn't, like hasn't happened yet. That's what I mean. Yeah, That's what I mean. Um, but I would say we're more ready for a fifth child because we've had four children just, just, I mean, yeah. we like after our first child, you know, not sleeping an ounce throughout the night, thinking that my child's just going to stop breathing in the middle of the night. Like those, we were fe- so terrified. like you're just like, you're up all night. Like, are they breathing still? Are they breathing still? <laughs> and now like put them in the crib, you know, let's go to sleep. And we're just so tired. We just go to sleep and we don't even think about that stuff. So I, I feel like 
all of the nuances of having children have gotten easier, mm. but we still, we have no idea what it's going to be like to have a fifth child. Right. We're going to have, you know, one that's almost two, one that's almost, you know, three and a half, five, seven, like, so all of these things are changing. So, but um, I guess it, the things that I think about is, you know, the times that I already feel like we're, you know, we need to grow or mature in our current parenting with our current children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think about those things like, man, we, we do have to grow up. Yeah. We do have to change. Um, we have to get better. Um, not that we're like terrible, but we just always got to grow. Yeah. Along these same, kids. along these same lines, you were mentioning that as we mature in our faith, it brings maturity in other areas of our life. So, Oh yeah. I was thinking about this, just tonight, actually, I was thinking how I was, I was praying. And I was saying, Lord, like, why did you give us so little direct teaching on how to be a parent? Cause like, I'm sure the listeners are thinking like, yeah, like what the, like, I just feel like I fail so much as a parent or I have no clue what I'm doing sometimes. And I just think like, Lord, like you've given us so much specific direction on being a husband, being a wife, being a Christian, like, and, you know, being in the church and, and, following you and what this looks like. And then like, it's got like a handful of verses on being a parent. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like the the Lord literally immediately revealed to me like, well, if I grow and mature in my faith, like Mm -hmm. you said, if I walk closer and closer to Christ, that's going to affect my parenting. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be more patient. Mm -hmm. You know, which is one of the things I was praying for tonight mm-hmm. is I feel like I'm impatient with my kids. So the Bible doesn't need to teach me how to be patient with my kids. I need to learn to be patient because that's a fruit of the spirit. Mm-hmm. Like walk in that fruit of the spirit. Walk. So if I walk in the spirit and I don't gratify the desires of my flesh, then my children will benefit from that fruit. Mm-hmm. They're going to see a parent, a patient father, mm-hmm. a gentle father, mm-hmm. a, you know, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, all of these things that the spirit produces in me, Yeah, which is what my kids need and deserve. Mm -hmm. And that makes me a better parent if Mm -hmm. I do those things. Yeah. As you're talking, it makes me think of um, that scripture where uh, just the interaction of Jesus with children. And we're always trying to model our lives after Christ. And, you know, we want to follow his example. And so I thought it'd be fun to share this scripture in light of sharing about children today. So um, Matthew 19, 13 through 15 says, Then children were brought to him that he might lay his hands on them and pray. The disciples rebuked the people, but Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and went away. Hmm. And I just felt like he had all the patience in the world to just say, No, let him come. Come on. (laughs) I think that's awesome. I think it's beautiful. And if we can have a little bit of that. (laughs) Yeah, right. Let the children come to the bed, I guess. (laughs) But then they went away. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no I mean that's a, that's a good point. Is is God's heart toward children? Toward children. I mean they they are what He's doing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, our children, children in general, are what God's doing in the world. It's it's the reproduction of His original creation. Yeah, which is awesome, and I I love that. I got to share this um, story really quick because it's so fresh in my mind. But um, a few weeks ago, I had the opportunity to be a part of a, a writer's retreat. And it was, there were some commonalities throughout um, each person that was there. But, you know, we were all women. We all love the Lord. And we're all 
authors of either blogs or social media or or books. And I just thought it was um, such a unique experience. It was my first time being there. And um, throughout each session that we were together and, and engaging and dialoguing, there was this this theme that kept coming up. And it was that you could hear it in the way people shared about what they were working on or what they were doing. And it was that no matter what, my family comes first. No matter what, my children comes first. So if I am working on this project and it has to be put on hold, I will do that because I care about my family first. And I just love that. I love that these women's hearts were there to serve in a way of using their gift to write, but no matter what, their family came first. And you're not talking... um even before husband, but you're talking about career, business, passions, children, your family. What, what I'm saying is parenting. their husband and parenting yeah. was even above all of those things. Like far, it just, far above. Yes. And yeah. it just kept coming out in the smallest and simplest of ways throughout our conversations together. Um, but at the end of the day, all of us agreed that that was an important value that we had. Um, and so I was encouraged, especially knowing that I just found out I was pregnant uh, with our fifth, that this calling on my life to share my gift with the world um, doesn't supersede my for my role as a mother and the important work that I'm doing in my children's lives. And that goes the same for me. Um, all of these things that we do are quote unquote ministry, our mm-hmm. online, our books. Um, I hope I convey this um, often enough and well enough that none of those things come before my, the discipling of my children mm-hmm. or my relationship with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I should be able to do them yeah. together and be, and do them well. Yeah. Um, but there's been times that I'm like, Oh, I'm, I need to like <laughs> change my priority order right now. Yeah. I just, I just really felt like I needed to share that too, because at, you know, we're jumping into a, a different season too, where um, Elliot's growing up and I'm, uh, I'm homeschooling and with more children that requires more of me, of mom being yeah. home and present. And so I can't work as much, even if that's my desire to, even if I, even if I wanted to write more or, you know, I think about blogging because mm-hmm. I get filled up being able to share my words with people, but I just felt like I had to let go of that, knowing that when the Lord allows me that time to write, then I can do it. Do you feel like, uh, and I'm asking this question specifically for someone listening that might need the answer to it. Uh, do you feel like there's any more important ministry than your mothering and your, your, your teaching our, our children? I think that is the most important thing. Right. And I don't want to look back 20 years from now and be the successful author, whoever, and say, well, yeah, but my children aren't mm-hmm. whatever, fill in the blank. You know, I don't want to have any regrets there. So my attention right now, mm-hmm. my heart is directed towards what is my role as a mother and how can I lead my children well? How can I make sure that I'm fulfilling my role with you as as a wife? Yeah. Um, and what's really cool about that is when I'm being obedient in these things, the Lord does give me room over here to do any extras that I feel like mm-hmm. I should be doing. Right. And it doesn't mean we, we throw away uh, the, the, these specific ministries that God's given us. Now, if we needed to, we would. We actually, <laughs> but, we actually talked about this when I first found out did. that I was pregnant. I was really worried about my capacity. And 
Um, and we had to talk about it because I was worried that even podcasting would be hard for me. Yep. Um, but we ha- we talked about it, and then we got counsel. We 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 sought out some friends who could give us a mm-hmm. external perspective on what we were going through because we don't want to miss the mark here. We don't want to put ourselves in a position where um, we put something above our most important ministry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're just working this out, and we just want to be honest with you guys. Yeah. Um, but but for right now, I feel really good about being able to podcast with you and um, and share this content with our listeners. So. Um, I, I just feel, I feel comfortable sharing all of that and hopefully it encourages someone who might mm-hmm. be having that conflict. Cause I know it happens in today's world where you, especially with social media. Yeah. And, oh, you, I need to have this thing or I need to grow this thing mm-hmm. or I need to, it can happen really fast where you, which those things aren't bad in themselves, but if they, if our priorities get mixed up, if we put those things above mm-hmm. um, God especially not above God. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we put them above our spouse, above our children and our, our discipleship of our children, cultivating of our home mm-hmm. and family and mm-hmm. growing in the Lord together. Yeah. That, that could be bad. Yeah. And we don't want to be that. So we're constantly going back um, and making sure that our foundations are right. Yeah. So here's a question that I'm sure people are thinking. Uh, do you feel like your house is too small and what's going to happen with our car? <laughs> Well, about the house being too small, I don't know who all, unless they know us personally, would know. I don't know if they would ask that question because nobody knows like house sizes. But I would just tell people we don't have a huge house. We don't have a huge house. Um, uh, But to answer that question, I would just say I feel like there's still room because the kids are really small. So even though there's a lot of them, they share rooms. I also lean on the side of now. I would love more room. Of course, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like, you know, oh, it's small is good. No, I, I would love more room, but. I'm also a huge advocate. Like I wouldn't mind if they shared beds. I shared a bed for a long time <laughs> in my house, um, and it would teach them to be less selfish. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, we can do triple decker bunk beds. We can get creative. We can, <laughs> we can have like bed drawers. I don't know if that's a thing. I've heard of people <clears> having <throat> way less, so that's always you know. I know. You yeah, things, that, yeah. People do it with way less than what we have. When so. you put things in perspective, I don't know. It just makes you feel like I don't. When I, when I think about our house, I think we have plenty of room. But if we ever had the chance to make more room, we'd, mm-hmm. we'd probably do that in the future. Now our car, <laughs> we we're maxed do, out. Do we actually have room in our car? <laughs> I, I don't think so. So we have a suburban, but we have the captain seat. So I think that we'll have to either get a bench. But I can't even or, find one. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have to figure the car situation out. I, I'm well. We could. We have two cars. We I was gonna drive, say we I could know. drive around in two cars if we have to. We know we've known people that have done that. Yeah. Um, but a big old van, probably. Yeah. Like a 15 passenger. We think about these things, but we're not worried by them. No, yeah. We're, but I'm sure people ha- wonder, like, yeah. how do you do your car? I know Aaron wanted to go straight to a Sprinter, and I was just imagining myself driving around a 15 passenger van going, that's just hilarious. They're so cool, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of space. We have a ton <laughs> of people that drive around in Sprinters in our town, <laughs> but they're not. They're like camper sprinters. They're like souped up. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they fit like four people. <laughs> they're awesome though. They, they're really awesome, but I don't want one of those. Okay, so here's a hard question. How do we afford it? How do you afford having a big family? Well. Kids equal money. <laughs> they do. Um, well, I'll say this. I know we can't afford it with our income and God's really blessed us and allowed us to um, live off of our ministry and the, you know, the books we've written. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, 
where we're at now is not how it always has been. I feel like as we've had more children, you know, it's, you know, we've increased and, mm-hmm. and grown and we've made wise decisions. We've been faithful um, to make, you know, we've tried making really good decisions on on work and uh, how we made money and mm-hmm. how we saved money, how we spent our money. So I, I would say um, in this day and age, it, it, probably it could be hard, mm-hmm. um, but I think that the trick is is what doing what the Bible says and being faithful, good stewards, mm-hmm. making wise, making wise decisions. Uh, so all I know is we can't afford it, and we've continued to trust the Lord. And um, that's kind of was that what I was thinking is that when you trust the Lord, it doesn't matter what the thing is that you're trusting Him for or about. You're just, you're, you're trusting him and you're praying and you're sharing those requests with him and you're making yeah. known what your needs are, even though he already knows. And that's, I don't know. I just, I and love, there's, there's I love some, that relationship with God where like we get to come with, come to him, even if we're worried about it or right. have some concerns. And then he gets to, sh- to, to show us mm-hmm. what we need to do. And this is what I know. Uh, and you even like mentioned this to me is if something drastically changed in our finances, um, you know, whatever that may be, mm-hmm. I'm just going to go figure it out. Yeah. Get <laughs> like that's creative. What, that's what we do. We're like, <laughs> I have to go work somewhere yeah. and I'll, I'll make phone calls. I'll, you know, to, to find that job. And the, and the reason I know I will do that is because I've done it. Yeah. You know, when we, before we had kids mm-hmm. and we tried finding work, you know, in what was it, 2008, mm-hmm. 2009, mm-hmm. like right in the middle of the the, the recession mm-hmm. and no one was hiring. I went and worked for free for someone for almost three weeks. And then they gave you that job. To paying prove to you. them. And yeah. then, they, then they started paying me. But I, I, I just, that that's how I think is like, well, I'm going to do what it takes. Mm-hmm. Currently God's blessed us and we're and bit for what we do in our work and our, mm-hmm. our ministry. Like we can support ourselves and we can pay for things. And, but if something changed, like, I'm not going to just give up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm going to go get a job. Yeah. Men work. Okay. Uh, well, what things are harder with a bigger family? I just thought that was an interesting question. Like, yeah. Going out to eat anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> finding a big enough table. Yeah, find, Finding a restaurant that will let you <laughs> bring all your kids. <laughs> For me, it's, you got to um, go to loud, big <laughs> Family restaurants. <laughs> with the lo- yeah, <laughs> that's what you got to do. That gives <laughs> some sort of, of free thing like chips and salsa or bread, <laughs> so that you could have it. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> These are tricks of the trade right here. Okay, uh, I was gonna say um, taking photos because like a selfie with you is like here, snap this, and you look at the camera and you smile on cue. They don't have long enough selfie sticks. They for the size okay, but the kids have. don't have long enough attention span. So you can't get everyone smiling at the same time. You can maybe get two thirds of them to <laughs> look at the same time, yeah. but then they're like looking right past the camera or their <laughs> uh, photos. That's a fun, funny thing. Yeah, a little, um, a little bit harder with bigger families is bath time because it just takes them longer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. We have a lot of little, so I think it'll feel different once our olders are getting older. <laughs> More. Oh, speaking helpful. of t- taking time. Um, I do want to like, I pride ourselves in how fast we get in and out of the car, even with four kids. Okay. But we're going to have five now. So it's going to be, well, we don't have a car that fits them. So we'll have to leave one somewhere or no, no, <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Things that are harder. Uh, you know, it's hard, um, coordinating, uh, like if I'm going to take some kids, like g- going with all the kids, yeah. Anywhere by myself. Just being mindful of that. Cause our kids are so small. We have 
Well, and Four and uh, seven. two of them are potty trained, but still need help. Mm-hmm. Like I can't just say, okay, go to the bathroom. I'll, be, I'll wait out here. So <laughs> bathroom, bathroom issues. Yeah. That's a hard thing. And then I have like that. It's almost but like the diaper is like, oh, I wish you were in a diaper right now. <laughs> like it's awesome that they're potty trained, but it's like the diaper yeah. is so much more convenient, which is funny because early on with less kids, you're like diapers. What? I can't wait until you're potty trained. It's just, <laughs> this is the thing with <laughs> growing families. Okay. Mm, moving on. Here's a question um, that we actually do get asked a lot. Are we done? Yeah. Or this one. Um, do you guys have a number? Like a number in, in mind? In quotation? Yeah. No, like like what? Like <laughs> when are you stopping essentially? It's like, like, have you had enough yet? Are you, or is do your, you quiver, have, Aaron, is you your quiver full enough? Aaron, like, just, you're okay. You're, you're quoting a scripture that I brought up, but you're being silly oh. about it. Um, I want to share it. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to share, share the scripture and I won't be silly about it. Okay. Hold on. But you didn't answer the question. I was trying to skip it. Do you have okay. a number? Um, I don't have a number. You don't? And that doesn't mean I'm, how do I say this? We had a, this, this pregnancy specifically has brought up some lot like deep conversations with me and you. Uh, maybe we can go into those another episode, but <laughs> it's not that I don't have a number like, oh, you know, if we have 24 kids, I'm totally cool with that. Actually, that terrifies me to think about that. <laughs> but just knowing where my heart's out of, God, I want you to to guide us in this mm-hmm. and I want to trust you. It's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Like having a number is irrelevant, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I we, like, because to be honest, like it's highly unlikely because we get pregnant really easy, <laughs> but you, we could just stop having kids out of nowhere. Yeah. It could just happen. We've, we've known people that they've had a bunch of kids and then mm-hmm. boom, like it just, they didn't have any more kids mm-hmm. or it took them a long time. And then they had their next kid years later. So I'm just, um, the number, a number to me in my mind, the way I think about it is like, it's irrelevant because it's not like how I think about trusting God in this area is going to change at that number. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I just don't think about a number. Yeah. So we don't have a number. I'm with Aaron on all of this. Uh, we don't have a number and we don't know when we'll be done because we're just um, at this point taking it one pregnancy at a time and trusting yeah. the Lord with each pregnancy. Um, and, and it's impossible to know what, what's around the what corner. What that looks we like, yeah. We don't know what God's doing in our life. And like we literally don't know how our bodies are going to be yeah. next year yeah. like, or tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> not to sound weird, but like we just don't know things. Yeah. So it's kind of, it. I just don't want to make assumptions about my future Right now, yeah, I, I don't. Yet. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So the scripture that I I wanted to share with you guys is Psalm one twenty seven, one through five. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. So I really love this passage mm-hmm. when it comes to talking about children. And even though it says, blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them, it still doesn't say how many mm-hmm. to put in that quiver. That's okay. You don't need a number. It isn't, yeah. But it does say that children are a heritage from the Lord and the fruit 
and and the fruit of the womb. So when I read that, I go, it calls children a, a, a reward. reward. Yeah. That is so beautiful to me. So I love that it puts it in the okay. same sentence of where he gives his beloved sleep. <laughs> and I, it's almost like God's like, he's like, Very. parents are going to think this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Eating the bread of anxious toil. I, but I feel like this is all the things that children might cause in our life. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we, <laughs> we, we toil, we're anxious you know, for our children. And God's like, no, 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 I give you sleep. Mm. Um, so I think we could, we could um, unnecessarily add anxiousness mm-hmm. and toil to our life in trying to like control mm-hmm. all of this. And we just can't or I guess we can, we desire not to Yeah. Um, in our home. So uh, one question that I really feel like is, is an important one to ask is um, how do you share your attention with each kid? Because with, with Elliot, he had us for two and a half years before I had Olive. I know, and he reminds us of that all. The, I'm just kidding. No, he does not. <laughs> no. Remember the days? No. Um, but with each kid, like there is truth to the the capacity of like, mm-hmm. you only have so much of you and to give, but I, I don't know. Explain that. Yeah. It, it is a, a, a perfect way to explain it. I think I even mentioned it one time in another podcast, like last year, like one of the earlier podcasts. Um, as we have more children, we it's impossible to give each one of our children equal time and attention. Now we can really like cultivate individual relationships and be intentional. And I can go on a daddy date with one and a daddy date with another. And you can, we can, we can cultivate that, but there's just no way to give each child what you could give them if you only had one. Mm. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I actually believe it's a good thing. And the reason I believe that is as our kids grow, there's God's doing a lot of things. Not only is, are, are the parents involved? and how we raise them and what we teach them, what we show them. But there's also now siblings and they have to learn and share and realize that it's not all about them. And they have to give time to their sibling, to mom and dad, and and they have to share the attention and they don't, it's, they don't get all of it. They have to split. There's a lot of growth opportunity for all of the kids. Well, and for us. Yeah. Yeah, So I, I think it's, I think it's how God intended it. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean if someone has only had one child that they're going to be totally broken, but that child will have a harder time learning what it means to share and give undivided, uh, give attention away and not have it all to themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a reality. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's an only child thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the other hand, you have many children and they they do have to learn to 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 give away yeah. time and that they that they can't have what they want all the time. Which is hard. Mm-hmm. It literally sometimes crushes us. We're like, why can't we? We can't love <laughs> like them the way we want or we can't. But then that challenges us and actually makes us grow and realize that we can't be our children's saviors. We can't be everything to our children. They need Christ. Yeah. So at the end of the day, the, the very thing that we wish we can give to them, mm-hmm. we couldn't give to them anyway. All we can do is point them to the one who can. Mm-hmm. Um, now that doesn't mean we intentionally like deprive them of love and and things like that but never <laughs> no i'm just saying um like i'm not saying we manufacture that that situation mm. i'm just saying the reality of not being able to give them everything not being able to fully love them and give them everything that they emotionally and spiritually need um because we were divided is necessary so that's just my 
my thoughts on this and it's not fully fleshed out, but I just feel like it's, it's part of God's design that our, our kids would learn to need him uh, because we can't be that for them. Yeah. Uh, well, when I think about that question, I, I just, I think about how things have been going for um, the four kids that um, are outside of the womb right now. And uh, I just like to encourage parents that we have such an incredible amount of time to invest in them together, like as a family yeah. unit. So even though they may not all get that individual one-on-one time, you do get to spend quality time when you do stuff like family Bible time or around the mm-hmm. dinner table or playing with them on the ground. And you don't want to miss those opportunities. Like that is your time to invest in your kids. And maybe it'll be when, you know, you're on the back porch and you call one of them over or, you know, the other ones are playing and you just, you just get, whisper something into them. Or, yeah. Or you get yeah. two minutes to have a conversation with them and you talk about stuff that they like and you find those moments to, to invest and build up those relationships with them individually amidst the group. Yeah. So I've been really encouraged by that in my relationship with the kids. Um, I, I wanted to share another scripture um, and I know we'll be wrapping up soon, but um, if you guys haven't like dug into Psalm 139 yet, I really encourage you to and look at it from the perspective of like you once as a baby and your relationship with God. Um, and if you're a parent, look at it from the perspective of your children. It's mm-hmm. just so beautiful. It's so beautiful. But something that stuck out to me as I read it more recently um, was Psalm 139 verse 16. It says, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. And so you get this really beautiful picture of how God intricately, you know, wove a baby inside of the mother's womb. But then there's this, uh, this small verse about how the days that were formed for me, like God formed not just me and my body and who I am, but he also formed the days that are, were going to be before me and how I was going to mm-hmm. walk through them. And something that stood out to me is um, in this first trimester, I've been the sickest that I ever have been in a pregnancy. And it was really difficult because I had four other kids to attend to. Think- thankfully, it was summertime and it was a slower time. And so we just played a lot. But um, even in those mundane days where you're not feeling well or they're just slow and you're hanging out with toddlers, like those were days that the Lord formed for me and I get to embrace those and savor them. I don't know. I just thought it was really beautiful. That's great. I love that. Yeah. And uh, so before we close, I want to read one more piece of scripture and it's in the Old Testament also. It's in Jeremiah 29. It's where we get the famous verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. Uh, if you uh, don't know what that is, you should look it up. Uh, but it's a, it's a pretty awesome uh, part of Jeremiah. And it's it's right after the Israelites have been taken into captivity into Babylon. Uh, you know, they, they were taken from their land. They're taken into captivity. Um, not an ideal situation. But what's awesome about this is the picture that we get from it. Because we are currently held captive in a, in a Babylon we, we're exiles. As believers, we're not in our home. We are uh, ambassadors in a foreign land, right? So very similar to the Israelites, we live in a Babylon. We live in a, in, a, in a home that's not ours. And I just want you to listen to God's message to the Israelites as they go into this land, into a foreign land that's not theirs, into captivity and as exiles. And what's awesome about this is, you know, going back to what I was talking about, about fears of this world that we live in, 
This, I believe, is still God's heart for God's people. Not just the Israelites, but Christians. And so, um, not that we replace the Israelites, but um, when we when you read when you when I read this, you'll understand. So it says this. It says in Jeremiah twenty nine verses three through six, the letter was sent by the hand of Elisa, the son of Shephan, and Gamaria, the son of Hilkiah, whom Zedekiah, king of Judah, sent to Babylon to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. It said this. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles who I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce, take wives and have sons and daughters, take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters, multiply there and do not decrease. Hmm. So in this time of exile, God doesn't tell them, just get by, just wait, you know, don't worry about, you know, trying to, to settle in. He says, build houses, have children, plant gardens. <laughs> I feel like what's really cool about this, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. um, in the midst of being exiles and being somewhere that's not familiar, you have these few verses that are so comforting and build familiarity through family, you know, building houses and, and take, you know, in experiencing marriage and multiplying through birth, like those are really comforting things mm-hmm. to me when I think about building a home and a family, like, I don't know. Well, and they didn't understand it then, the Israelites, but God was giving them this command, not just for them, but for the lineage mm-hmm. that was going to eventually bring us the Messiah, mm-hmm. Christ. He's telling them, don't, don't decrease, multiply, grow become the nation that I want you to be. And so uh, what made me think of this is we just had this uh, um, baptism at a river and uh, we started off as one small home church and we've since now branched off into we're three home churches now and all three home churches got together this last Sunday and we did a baptism um, and several people and children uh, got baptized and it was awesome. And there were so many people where it started with like this eight families. There was like 50 or no, there's like 70 families. Like it was, there were so many people there. And I'm just thinking like, how awesome is this? And I was standing there watching the, all the children play in the water. And I was thinking all of these children weren't here a couple of years ago. <laughs> mm. And so all I thought is in a few years, we're going to triple in size just by having children mm. and not just, oh, look, we had a bunch of children, but all of us desire to raise our children to know God, to know his word. And so our desire is to disciple them. And I was just thinking like when God told the Israelites, he says, multiply there and do not decrease. He still has that heart for us as Christians. We're exiles in Babylon currently. Not that Babylon, just the world. We're we're in a world that's not our own. We're waiting for our heavenly home. Not of this world. And God desires us to not decrease. And that is incredible. And it's not just so there's a bunch of kids. He desires godly offspring. Go read Malachi and you'll know what I mean. (laughs) Uh, But I just, I thought that was beautiful. He tells these Israelites when they're going, this is a terrifying time. And he's like, hey, Mm -hmm. build houses, plant vineyards, have children, increase. So I just pray that this encourages you listening that, uh, hey, we we go through things where we have questions and fears and we have no clue how we're going to do this. <laughs> and to be honest, almost every day, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. But God's good and his grace is enough. 
for us. And uh, we're having a fifth child. <laughs> and we're both really excited <laughs> about it. And we're both really excited. <laughs> and we would hope you're excited for us too and be praying for us because mm-hmm. um, we got a journey ahead of us. And uh, yeah, we, as always, we we end our episodes with prayer. So uh, Jennifer, would you pray for us? Dear Lord, you are incredible and we trust you. Trusting you is not always easy for our flesh, but you are trustworthy and your timing is divine. Help our hearts to trust you even more completely. Thank you for our families. Thank you for the gift of children. Thank you for your provision. We pray that in every season, whether it's difficult or smooth, that we would praise you because you are good. We pray for understanding. We pray for maturity as parents who desire to raise awesome children who know you and love you. We pray we would walk in wisdom every day. And we pray that you would be glorified in our marriages and in our families as we proclaim your truth. We surrender to you, Lord, and we ask that you continue to help us in our weaknesses. We boast in your name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We hope this encouraged you. Uh, As always, thank you for joining us. You guys are awesome. Have a blessed week. See you next time. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, it would mean the world to us if you could leave us a review on iTunes. Also, if you're interested, you can find many more encouraging stories and resources at marriageaftergod.com and let us help you cultivate an extraordinary marriage. Do you desire to pray more for your spouse? Do you desire to pray more with your spouse? We understand that you may not know where to start, or maybe you feel uncomfortable praying, or maybe you don't know what to pray, or maybe you simply want to add something more to your current prayer life. This is why we wrote The Marriage Gift, 365 Prayers for Our Marriage. We desire that it would be used as a daily reminder and catalyst for you and your spouse to grow a dynamic and consistent prayer life together. This book is a compilation of 365 unique and powerful prayers that cover a range of diverse topics that every marriage deals with. You can read it alone, or ideally, you read it with your spouse. Also, we hope that the topics that are brought up in these prayers would become a starting point for deeper and more intimate conversations with your spouse and a desire to seek God on these matters together. Visit themarriagegift.com today and order your copy and give your marriage the greatest gift, powerful and meaningful prayer. Visit themarriagegift.com today.